And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Finally, Matt, I'm doing this show in my brand new space on my brand new computer like I said I would. I'm very happy <laughs> about it. And thank you too for the very generous fan who uh, gave me such a generous donation on coffee. One guy pretty much made this uh, all possible and I appreciate that. Nice. That's awesome. Also, hey, I have that app, everyone, so go check that out if you want. <laughs> there's a there's a great stream i watch there called the insiders and they call all their fans pay pigs which is obviously like a reference to like the cam girl fetish world but i just think that's so hilarious <laughs> to, to lovingly call your fans pay pigs yeah, yeah. pay pig get your slop that is our content <laughs> you you love it don't you <laughs> i toyed around with the idea should i call the comic multiverse fans pay pigs probably not i don't think it would go over as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you eat our sloppy content, which, oh boy, Matt, do we got some sloppy content coming at them this week. Oh boy, do we ever. And I've been ready for this sloppy content. <laughs> where, where where should we begin, Matt? I guess we should talk about our weeks. How's uh, how's your week been? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, it's been really hot here, but also raining, so we get that, like, nice humidity, uh, which Ooh. is always good. I believe it's called the worst of both worlds. Yes, yes, yeah. I believe it's just called living in Australia. Um, <laughs> so I've been trying to keep out of the heat and keep up with my reviews and play some video games and whatnot. Yeah. I, I've also been trying to do that. I've been playing some Prey on stream over on the Purple Channel. I have to say Purple Channel because if you say the word that starts with T and rhymes with itch, apparently YouTube can grab that out sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they don't like their competition, do they? No, no, they don't. And wait, and if they're not fucking up your ads, they're fucking up that. Yeah. I've uh, I've also been playing some games. I regret to say I haven't beaten Kingdom Hearts yet. I'm very close. I've just <laughs> been so busy. I haven't had a chance to. Nice. Also, to that last little bit's a bit of a slog there. They really fetch quest you near the end. Oh, that's that sucks. That's a bit of a shame, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, been uh, trying to catch up on Umbrella Academy. I'm, like, two and a half episodes in. Oh, it's good, isn't it? It's a good show. Very, very eclectic, great soundtrack on it. Yeah. You know, I it took me, like, I knew kind of knew what it was beforehand, but, like, it took me watching this to realize that it was written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, man, w w what underwhelming music, but damn, he's actually, like, a great, yeah. decent writer and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Uh, uh, obviously, I caught the new episode of Doom Patrol. God damn, Doom Patrol is so good. It How? Like... I don't understand. And you know what's even better? The showrunners have said this isn't the same... This isn't Doom Patrol from Titans. This is a different continuity. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very it, much. That That's that stinks of like, okay, people didn't really like Titans. We'll just say Doom Patrol's in a new continuity. <laughs> oh, you know that's what it is. It's like, oh no, all these shows are supposed to be connected. Oh, you didn't like that? Oh, well then it's not connected then. Yeah, yeah. Also, aren't some of the actors different so they can get away with that? I... Yeah, well, the chief was a different actor, uh, and I'm not too sure about it. I, I think it was Brendan Fraser voicing Robot Man in that, and the other girl, the Alaska woman, was the same. I think I can't remember. Thank uh, thank God they got Timothy Dalton though. He is just a fucking treasure. He's so much better. So much better. 
he's such a treasure and he's the perfect actor for this role if you know the doom patrol story and you know where they're going with this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the fact that they got an actor like timothy dalton's like oh you're almost foreshadowing it <laughs> <laughs> it's even better as well because the show is really self-aware especially uh alan oh, tudyk's yeah. mr nobody who calls out like grant morrison fans and angry trolls of the dc universe account <laughs> Oh my god, that the fact that that show is so self-aware, like it almost eclipses Deadpool in levels of oh, self-awareness. Yeah. Like I didn't think a DC property could be this self-aware and Doom Patrol is the right one. It's it's absolutely a fantastic show. And they did, they even outdid themselves last episode by introducing uh animal uh vegetable, vegetable mineral man. Mineral. Like what the hell? And then he looks exactly like he does on the cover of his, like, big premiere. Yeah, yeah, you're ridiculous. <laughs> stunning. Every bit about that show is stunning and great. Like, it's all, like at the end of every episode, I'm like, how is this so good? I know, right? I know. It gives me hope for the next couple of shows. You know what it is? And we'll talk about that, too, shows that are coming next. It's like, oh, my God, the people who made this show read Doom Patrol. <laughs> they realize what made it good. <laughs> and, and, the, and, like, they get it. Like, they actually get Doom Patrol, which for me was always going to be the biggest problem where I'm like, boo, they're going to make a Doom Patrol show, but they're going to be like traditional superheroes and they're going to be fighting crime and it's going to yeah, be yeah. stupid. And that's not what they are. They get it. They're like, no, the Doom Patrol guys should not be superheroes. They they bumblefuck their way into being superheroes every week. Yeah, yeah. And even like Cyborg on that show is great. He's amazing. They cracked the goddamn code on Cyborg, and that is he is the only adult in a room full of children. He is the only traditional hero with a group of people who want nothing to do with being a hero. <laughs> and what's even better is every now and then they throw in lines like, hey, go join Justice League. Why don't you join Justice League? And he's like, nah, man. <laughs> They're even throwing shade at the movie to where, like, in the last episode, that redneck's like, hey, what's Batman like in real life? I don't, I don't know. I didn't meet him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not meant to be part of that team. Even Robot Man there is like, oh, I bet Aquaman could find those <laughs> To where, like, it's like three levels where they're, like, making fun of him. Like, hey, Cyborg, remember you were the odd man out on the bad Justice League movie? <laughs> also, too, in this episode, we find out he has the robot chest. He's just always wearing people clothes over. Yeah, I, when I saw that, I kind of wish they kept it zipped up because it does look pretty bad. <laughs> it does. and maybe But that might have been because he was sitting down, though. <laughs> That too. That also leads to a hilarious thing where it's like, wait, he's got his robot parts under, but he wears people clothes over it. Does that mean every time we've seen Cyborg and everything else, he's been naked? <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg just free balling it out there for the world to see. <laughs> he's not only a very prominent African American superhero; he's a very prominent naturist superhero. You know, <laughs> Cyborg campaigning for nudist rights. <laughs> he's the only one doing it. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a hero we need to write, Matt. We need to write the nudist superhero who fights crimes only in the nudist colonies in the nude beaches. <laughs> oh, protecting their identity is going to be a little rough, though, what with no clothes. <laughs> they, they just wear a domino mask. Who could they be? They could be anyone. We don't know. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, Doom Patrol is great. Uh, oh, I started watching this new show on Netflix. I think it just came out today called uh, Losers. Have you seen it? I saw an ad for it, but I haven't watched it yet, no. It's it's all of sports' most famous losers, and I think that's such a great idea because I don't give a shit about sports for the most part. <laughs> 
because it's just like, no, that's what I have comics for. That's my world. That's what I obsess over. <laughs> I've watched two episodes of this, and this is great human drama. It's the story that I wish sports told more, but you don't get while watching. It's the stories that come later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the it's the greatest losers. They got the mismatched uh, heavyweight champion who you know only won because his abusive father pushed him into it a bunch, but then lost. But that's okay because he became friends with Mickey Rourke. Oh, nice. <laughs> As you do. And then they got, like, the English football team that kept almost getting defranchised every year. And so, you know, they fought harder than ever just to get to a tie just so they could stick around for another year. <laughs> and they're the happiest any team has ever been for getting a tie ever in their life. <laughs> it's great human drama. Even if you don't give a shit about sports, watch this because it's actually pretty fun. Cool. Cool. That sounds good. Good, good old Netflix uh, content. Yeah. Now, uh, I guess with that, we can hop into the actual real news, and uh, there's some surprising topics here. There are, there are. I guess the big one is that, you know, from from the depths, from the shadows, from deep within the underground, the X-Men Dark Phoenix trailer clawed and scratched its way at the coffin roof before sitting up like the Undertaker, I'm not dead yet! <laughs> yeah, and the internet collectively was like, no, but you are dead, though. Please, yeah, please go away. No, no one except that weird little bunch on Twitter uh, care for you. Um, yeah, they released the trailer at, like, midnight because it was on, like, a talk show, but, like, it's a pretty bad time to release a trailer, just kind of yep. dump, dump it out there. <laughs> It's almost like they want to get it over with. It's almost like they're hiding from it, like everyone just wants to move on. And rightly so, because the movie looks like it's basically a remake of uh, Last X-Men Stand. 3. Yeah. To yeah. a shocking degree. Yeah, oh their, yeah. Their gene is wearing the same goddamn costume. Like, what's the point? They're, they're just going to do it again. There are scenes that are literally shot for shot. Re- remakes like that scene where he, she crushes Magneto's helmet that's probably the scene where Charles is gonna die or something like he, mm-hmm. did, he did in that movie they're in her old house they're mm-hmm. in all these places I'm like these are literally scene for scenes and it gets even more disturbing because like guys you reshot this movie a bunch and reshuffled it and it still looks like shit yeah yeah what were you doing? Who pocketed the money on this? <laughs> yeah, they they reshot it, and it was like substantial. Re- it wasn't just few yeah. pickups. It was like I think they reshot the whole ending of the film. Yeah, it was from the hey, we might keep the rights, we might get to keep doing these. To oh, we don't have the rights anymore. This is the last one. We better fucking finish this while we can. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna be packed in. And again, they they well, it's kind of poetic that because like X three was like the death of like that series. Uh, for a yep. little bit uh, until they started trying to do them good again with like first class and, and then they fucked it up again and now again x3 which is basically the same story told again in this film is going to be the death mm-hmm. of this franchise <laughs> yep i guess the real moral of this is never make a third entry in an x-men franchise unless but, it's logan in which case that's never make a third entry in an x-men film that's like phoenix storyline for some reason they just keep going back to that storyline i don't know why well, because it's one of the only ones people really know who don't read comics because they did it in the cartoon in like 12 parts and it was wonderful. <laughs> but man, man, can we can we commission, can we like commission or petition or whatever issue we have to do to get Jennifer Lawrence a brand new special award for brand new breakthroughs in not giving a fuck? Because, oh, she man, clearly doesn't. <laughs> Man, you know, you thought she slept through the last two when she felt she was too good for this franchise anymore. Oh, 
oh baby, oh you ain't seen nothing even in the trailer. It's just like, yep, we got we gotta do this now, yeah. You see, you see how shitty my makeup looks now. I I couldn't even be bothered to sit in the chair that, for six hours anymore. That's what I've really liked about these films. You could like gauge like like your first class. She was really into it because she went like kind of like the full body one, and and then yep. the next one they kind of like did the same sort of thing. But then she wasn't in it for a lot of the film. Then then uh, was it Apocalypse after that? She's like eh. I'll just do my face. Just, just, just do my, my face. face. That's it. And then this one's just like, oh, just put a blue filter over me. <laughs> yeah, make me, uh, what is it, uh, the genie from Aladdin. <laughs> gotcha. I, I have never seen a performer turn on a franchise so hard. Well, but they, they still keep inviting her back. Yeah, yeah it's so strange. It's, and she can't, you know, admittedly be cheap no. either. So, yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, we don't know what kind of, I mean, maybe it was one of those deals that when she was still starting out before she was like an Academy Award winner and nominee, they probably signed her to a contract like, oh, here's a big six movie deal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, yeah, so she comes back giving less of a fuck every time. <laughs> and I'm sure she's like, yeah, well, fire me then. Oh, I have a bad attitude. Fire me then. I, I, I can literally buy my way out of this contract. I, I dare you to fire me. Okay, well, then I will invent new ways to not give a fuck every day on. <laughs> on script man but yeah phoenix i people aren't gonna be mad when we skip this one right we can skip this one fans everyone out there listening we can skip this one we'll watch it on dvd i'm gonna go see it just just because you know i want to do a review on you know shitting on it (laughs) it's gonna be awful because like that's the thing too where it's like if it's good yeah i mean it's probably not gonna be good but you know win lose or draw good or bad even if it makes a lot of money it doesn't matter because it's not theirs anymore. No, no, it's it doesn't not matter. This is the film. They didn't even need to release this in cinemas. Just dump it on no. Netflix or something. They really should have done that. And oh, here's the thing: it's like as pathetic as the Dark Phoenix situation is, at least they have trailers and at least they have a release date. New Mutants is just lost in the fucking ether. Where did that movie go? Well, the thing is that that's the thing. It's like it's still got reshoots to happen, apparently. Uh, and, and there's talk it could just be relegated to just Disney Plus or, you know, just dumped out on Hulu or something. Is, is this just the old masters now that they know before they have to hand the keys over to the mouse? They're like, we're going to get every bit of money out of this as humanly possible. <laughs> and that's the, that's the shame because New Mutants actually look quite, quite interesting. If nothing else, it's like, well, okay, you're making a horror movie now. At least you're toying around with the genre, if nothing well, else. But well, see, that was the thing, though. The first trailer was apparently, like, the director's trailer, and then they, like, recut it because the people yeah. wanted to make it more, like, PG-13 superhero-y. But then they gave it back to him, and he wanted to make it more of a horror film. So it's, it's just a so, mismatch of shit. So what you're saying is when they do eventually re- uh, release it, we're going to see a movie that's hacked to the bone. <laughs> wonderful that's great but you know hey x-men wasn't the only trailer that came out this week matt we also had hellboy yeah it was a much better trailer than that first one yes it looks fine hellboy i'm sure if you're a much more hardcore fan of the comic you probably enjoyed this because it actually looks to take itself more seriously 
where the Guillermo del Toro movies were kind of, you know, reveling in the, you know, kind of mad monster partiness of it, the inherent hilarity of Hellboy, which is there in Mignola's work too, but it's not nearly as, you know, mm -hmm. stated as it is uh, in his work. Also, this one, this one's going to have like a harder rating, like this one's actually going to be R. Yeah, I was, that actually surprised me because I was worried they, because they announced it was going to be like harder rated, but I think, ah, oh, that's, it's going to be a Venom situation where the actual movie is going to be PG-13. But yeah, it got an R rating. I mean, to its credit, at least that does differentiate it from the other two, and at least it does make it different enough as to justify its existence. Or it's like, yeah, but we're R, though. You know, we want to try and shoot for the Deadpool Logan demographic. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that really, like, intrigued me about it was, as well as, like, all the stuff that we'd seen in, like, Hellboy books, like the Baba Yaga house and uh, uh, his uh, leopard-changing werewolf partner, yeah. uh, who, who we got, uh, we get uh like very like lovecraftian monster design especially in like these tall things that are like destroying london they look awesome yeah i i guess i can appreciate it too uh it, it's funny i remember the original trailer for this came out uh when we saw it also alongside that new men in black trailer and it's like mm -hmm. man these look very similar don't they yeah yeah they do or oh, they both take I... place in london i think that's that's the crossover we really need hellboy versus men in black hey we we take care of the monsters you take care of the aliens but what if there's monsters from space then whose jurisdiction is that <laughs> that actually be pretty cool or better than that 21 jump street uh oh, men in black you. crossover what the fuck was that <laughs> again a, a studio executive felt comfortable enough to say that out loud <laughs> let's cross over in an email into <laughs> multiple yeah, in people <laughs> it's it's like matt we think you know you, we think the bullshit we come up with on this show that we could never actually be uh big time movie executives apparently we can apparently our bullshit yeah. just you know back and forth sessions <laughs> apparently that that could get us a job at any of these studios <laughs> we're overqualified if anything <laughs> if anything sometimes our ideas are good <laughs> Uh, but what about an Aunt May period piece? That's what the people really want. Yeah, they I really like the Aunt May. The figures will sell well. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a bunch of Aunt May figures, right? I would assume. I would think, uh, like, for, for Rami Spider-Man, the old woman one. <laughs> yeah, old woman figure. And, hey, you know, speaking of things that we often say here, you know, things that occasionally go viral, did... Did you hear, Matt, and I almost didn't put this on the list because this story so enraged me because it had at least 12 dozen different people send it to me and try to get my opinion. But uh, did you know, Matt, that a stupid clickbaity website that only writes stupid clickbaity articles and bears no name repeating here on this show did a stupid clickbaity article about the possibility of Disney shutting down Marvel Comics? And everyone <laughs> talked about it this week because apparently it was the slowest goddamn news day in friggin' creation. I did see that. I never clicked on the article because i knew it was gonna be no. fucking stupid but like just like the mental gymnastics that people are going through just to a make you know uh marvel and that look bad but also like to to demonize disney as like this oh this conglomerate that's eating everything up and just closing everything down like why would they do that to something that's probably arguably going to bring in more money than everything else they own just yeah, just again, if you, if you believe that, and especially if you tweeted that to me, I we need to have words, mister. You're, you're grounded. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, fuck that website. Fuck this piece of news. Just, just fuck it all over the just, damn place. Seriously. Where, where did it even come from? Like, 
some some jagoff's tumbler apparently like some oh, fucking oh t- tumbler the, the the bastion of uh of yeah. knowledge again i don't actually know if it was t- it was something similar it, 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 you know what it was i often say this joke it was a source close to my butthole that i pulled out a source close to my butthole says <laughs> And honestly, I wrote this on Twitter, too. I'm slightly offended because Matt and I make up crazy bullshit all the time, and it never goes viral. And, you know, <laughs> Joe Casada doesn't have to step out on a meeting at South by Southwest to be like, no. <laughs> he, he did that, actually. He eventually, a couple days later, came out and, you know, uh, rebuffed it as you thought he would. And his, like, you could literally hear the disdain in the quote, like, if you could actually feel it generating from your computer screen. <laughs> his words were basically like, really, is it that slow a news day? He's <laughs> not wrong, though. He's not wrong. No, he, it's like, I have a job to do. I'm at South by Southwest. My email is blowing up. I had to come out here and talk about this. What was the website again? Fuck that website. <laughs> Which... And the fact, too, that some of the bigger websites, too, actually picked up on this, I think, is a very sad indictment of the current state of comic journalism online, where they're like, well, this is clearly wrong, and we know it's wrong, but why are we going to let them get all the hits? Yeah, yeah, we want some money this this month. Yeah, we, we want some hits, but we're, we're probably not making that much, sadly, and hey, for as much shit as you can fling at, you know, like, Bleeding Cool and comic book resources and everything, they occasionally get it right, is the thing. <laughs> Like, there's, there's the reason they're the Coke and Pepsi of comic book slash geek news online. They occasionally get it right, unlike this site they're quoting from that's never gotten anything right and will mm-hmm. never get anything right. Yeah. And maybe the reason, too, Matt, that, you know, uh, our crazy nonsense bollocks doesn't get picked up and run with and, like, treated as an actual story is that maybe, you know, we're, we're a little too positive and a little too uplifting and a little too not agenda-driven. Maybe that's why, too. I'm sure if we played into someone's crazy conspiracy theory, I'm sure maybe we'd get picked up then. Oh, I'm sure, definitely. Did you know Donny Cates does blood sacrifices to make <laughs> him a better comic writer? Did you know Tom King uh, sleeps in an oxygen bed that he thinks gives him pretension powers? <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> Did you know Brian Michael Bendis uh, burns copies of... Uh, I don't fucking know where I'm going with this. <laughs> he, just, he burns comics that, he, that, that, that are well-liked that aren't his. <laughs> they, no, 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 you know what he does? He takes old Superman comics that he bought on eBay, rolls them into joints, and then smokes them. <laughs> You can't prove it's wrong. He takes them out of the clamshell grading cases and rips the pages out and uses them as smoking rolls. Which he can do with his $30,000 an issue salary. (laughs) He's the most highly paid man in comics and this is the only thing that can help him get an erection anymore. (laughs) Smoking comic joints. You notice how he isn't out there denying that he's doing that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, come on internet where's my viral article come on i'll wait i will wait right here until that goes viral any day now Uh, there'll be there'll be some groups out there that probably believe that sort of shit the comic multiverse on strike until we get a viral article (laughs) i thought of this too i'm like has anything i've ever said or anything we've ever done collectively or as part of other groups ever gone viral yes actually when we worked at Name Redacted, uh, the person in charge of Name Redacted 
told a story uh, very close to their own butthole about the dude from Dexter possibly getting cast as uh, Daredevil in that upcoming Daredevil show before it was Charlie Cox, obviously. Mm-hmm. Websites did run with that. That was a thing. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Vaguely. Yes, that, that was a while that ago. Happened. That's the one time name redacted ever got put into things. I remember one time I I <laughs> I, I put out a um I, I did like a fake font for I think it was like a Spider Man film and everyone thought it was right real. <laughs> I remember this, yes, that did happen. Also too, maybe the other reasons that other big uh, websites didn't run with stuff from Name Redacted is that, you know, Name Redacted was known for fighting with other big <laughs> comic book websites, so maybe those bridges were burnt even if they were right. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one to grow on, that's one to think about. But uh yeah, that's 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 your stupid article news, everyone there. I fucking talked about it. Are you happy now? <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. We don't want to talk about it anymore. No, and again, you're not gonna hear about this till next week or until Wednesday, so this is gonna be old ass news by the time it comes here. But there I talked about it. <laughs> but uh hey, you know, from that to a story that I'm actually kind of interested about and a story that came out around the same time and sadly got eclipsed, and that is hey, uh, there might be a new Venom event coming soon, spinning out of the pages of Don and Kate's Venom, and it really only makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I could see that coming. I saw, like, the artwork for it as well. It's basically everyone in the Marvel Universe drowning in symbiotes, which makes sense because they've set up Null and the Abyss and everything mm-hmm. else as these huge, like, universe-ending threats, and then gone a step further to be like, yeah, Carnage is going to try and hunt down everyone who's ever owned a symbiote, because if he can get a little piece of the symbiote that imprinted on them, he can access their power more or less, or at least access yeah. their costume and turn into them. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine that that's going to be... Have, did, did that artwork have a date on it? I can't remember. No, it didn't. Yeah, so this will probably be happening after uh, War of Realms. Yeah, it didn't even have a title. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know what, normally I would be super like cynical about a Venom event, because I'm like, Venom Ink, did we need that? Ugh, Venom Eyes, did we need that? <laughs> The answer was no, we didn't, but Donny Cates' Venom is great, and this is such a cool concept that, you know, really deserves more crossovers. Yeah. Think how many characters in the Marvel Universe have had a symbiote on them? Yeah, heaps. So, it's gonna be really good. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, as you said, like, uh, he's been writing, like, a really great Venom book, so why not? Yeah, give him an event, why not? <laughs> what I'll really be looking forward to is when that book inevitably crosses over with guardians of the galaxy because mm. when bendis was writing guardians of the galaxy basically the entire team got the symbiote on them yeah that'd be really interesting especially since chip Zdarsky's writing that at the moment so that that'd be an interesting like combination of like him and donny cates yeah wait, wait i thought cates was also writing guardians what was chip Zdarsky? maybe i maybe i'm thinking i'm thinking he's probably writing that yeah i'm probably thinking chip Zdarsky on something else I think it may, may, maybe because I read his Daredevil recently or something. There you go. I haven't read that yet this week. I, I breezed through it. looked really good. I think I might have messed that up because Chip Starsky did that really good Star-Lord book. Also that. Oh, yes, he wrote a bunch of good Guardians books. Hey, yeah. speaking of Daredevil, this has nothing to do with anything, but someone pointed this out to me, and now I cannot unsee it. What's that? Daredevil's new costume, which is not a new costume at all. It's the thing he always wears, the yeah. red but he's doing something new that he's never done before. He's tucking his pants into his boots, where before usually it would go over. Yep. Again, someone pointed this out to me, and now I just can't not see it, that he's tucking his pants in now for the first time ever. And I'm like, yeah, 
yeah, he is. He's doing things, but he's going a bit. That's a bit wild, you know. That's the sign that he's, you know, abusing his drug drugs. You know, he's tucking that's his true. pants. That's where he keeps his drugs. He's got to keep the pants in so the drugs stay in. <laughs> I keep my opioids in here so they don't fall out. Nom, yeah. nom, nom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's a good look. It actually looks more ninja-ish, actually, because yeah, kind of like the puff going over. And I'm like, oh, is he starting a new pants trend when Wolverine <laughs> uh, eventually comes back and gets a costume? Will he also be tucking his pants in now? <laughs> Will Cap tuck his pants in now, too? <laughs> Because, you know, Cap has the fringes sometimes around them. And I wonder, is he going to ditch the fringes but then tuck the pants into the fringes? <laughs> it's called the tuck, the hot new thing, taking the Marvel superheroes scene by storm. Everyone's tucking now. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, that's the Venom news. Uh, ooh, here's a story I don't get to talk to very much, but it is a nice segue because we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Dave Batista, of course, plays Drax. Very vocal about the state of Guardians 3 mm-hmm. right now the poor state i think we could call we haven't heard any news about it and what we have heard about it is other directors when they're asked about it like oh would you take this and they're like no james gunn should do it yeah yeah no we're not gonna touch it (laughs) basically every big director in hollywood everyone in the marvel system has you know kind of heartwarmingly gathered around gunn and they're like no he got screwed he got astroturf he shouldn't have to not make the third one but uh here is actually a very interesting development in this story from the last place you would expect so obviously, I know you don't watch wrestling, Matt. <laughs> no. Obviously, but Dave Batista quite famously started as a wrestler, mm-hmm. and because he's a big celebrity or a big wrestler turned celebrity like The Rock and like Hogan before them, the question is always like, "Oh, when are you going to come back?" Because you yeah. always come back to the business, you always pay it forward and everything. And Batista, for the longest time, was like, "Well, I'm too busy." is the thing or oh they might not want me back because there's a bit of bad blood over how my last run ended how they basically had to turn me into a bad guy because the crowd was so against me because they love daniel bryan so much and mm-hmm. i kind of hijacked that but uh so he actually came back like uh, last week like he finally came yeah back i i did big... see something about that he, the, which they're kicking off this big brand new angle for WrestleMania. Basically, he beat up seventy-year-old Ric Flair. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat up an old man. He beat up the dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> and then he challenged Triple H, who's like the like in real life son-in-law of the dude who runs the company. And they were both like in a <laughs> they were in a gang together back in the day on TV. And so he's like, no, I'm, I'm the only one you never beat, Triple H. <laughs> WrestleMania, and it's like, is he allowed to do that? He seems to just come back and assaulted an old man. Is he allowed to make this up? And the answer is, it's wrestling. You don't have to think about it. <laughs> but why this is interesting is that, again, for the longest time, Batista said, I don't have the time for it. I wouldn't be able to come back and do it even if I wanted to. I wouldn't be able to commit to a big, long WrestleMania mm-hmm. story program. Now he is, which means Guardians 3 probably isn't going anywhere. Yeah, it's but- probably in development hell now. <laughs> That he felt confident enough to take this, probably because it was one for his bucket list, and also because, hey, with no Guardians, you know, a nice safe paycheck would be good, a nice big WrestleMania paycheck would be good. Yep, yep. So, there you go, everyone, there. We talked about wrestling, and we talked about Guardians all in the same time, and it... (laughs) Well, I'm happy to see Batista back at the same time. I'm like, oh, that means we're not going to be seeing Drax for a long time, are we? Just a little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, my my hope is they're just playing the waiting game where it's like, look, let's just wait 
to the people who made that boneheaded decision to either leave, be transferred, or fired, and then we can have it come back, hopefully when the heat has died down. Yeah, and they're probably also hoping the heat, like, dies down, like, in social media and everything, so they can just, like, yeah. bring it back. Yeah, like, even just bring them back stealthy. Uh, again, you know, I, I think people would be divided if they brought James Gunn back, but I think more people would be happy overall. Yeah, yeah. And the cast would be happy, too. Mm-hmm. Which is important. <laughs> Which is very important for this kind of thing. And, hey, you know, speaking of Marvel projects and speaking of, you know, cosmic projects, uh, we got a little more news on the Eternals, which, again, they're apparently still developing the Eternals, and that's still going to be a thing. Yeah, apparently it's, it's, like, quite far along in production as well, like, considering, yeah. like, the type of movie it is. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, the big piece of news we got here is apparently... Uh, Disney is weighing their options, and they're actually looking into maybe trying to get a gay male lead for the movie, which, of course, had people scratching their heads, and they're like, is the leader of the Eternals gay? I, I don't know anything about the Eternals, and even me as a comic fan is like, don't, don't look at me. I don't know anything about the Eternals. I, I, I don't know either, and as well, I don't care. Like, no. That's you know that doesn't make him an eternal or or anything like yeah. that. That doesn't really have any bearing on his character as an eternal. Yeah. So it doesn't but matter. Then the story, no, it really shouldn't. And then the story took on another angle to where I'm like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. They're like, well, what if the guy they're looking for for the Eternals isn't actually any of the guys you know, but if they're using this movie as like a backdoor to try and uh, get Hercules made? Ooh, that'd be cool. Hercules is pretty great. We here at the Comic Multiverse are a big damn fan of Hercules. He's doing great in, uh, what is it, Avengers No Road Home right now. And hey, if they don't feel strong enough in the actual cast of the Eternals slapping Hercules on there and being like, yeah, he's our guy now. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Not only is that fine, but that's good future-proofing too because it's like, hey, here's a guy who could be a very viable Thor replacement if, say, Chris Hemsworth doesn't want to do these anymore. Definitely, definitely. Or becomes too expensive where it's like hey you want your fantasy muscle man who punches guys in cool pantheons well let me tell you about hercules man he does basically all the same things as thor and he's even dumber and it's great <laughs> he's even more of a bro you'll love him and you can have him living in astoria queens and just helping yeah. people in in new york and around america it'd be cool mm -hmm. absolutely this also reminded me, too, where it's like, hey, where are the Eternals right now in Marvel, uh, in, like, Marvel stories? Aaron killed them all in, like, yeah. the first arc of his Avengers. Yeah, yeah, they all died. They did, which seems very strange, because it seems like, no, 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 don't kill the Eternals, we have plans for them. <laughs> yeah, well, well he, he comic book killed them. He comic book killed them, that way they can make a big deal of, like, oh, the return of the Eternals. Yeah. Also, Eternal, you really don't live up to your name by dying. You, you weren't around forever. <laughs> you're, you're the semi-Eternals. <laughs> Actually, that'd be great if they come back where it's like, oh, the Eternals, you're alive again. Yeah, did you not hear our name? <laughs> we never really actually died. Yeah, not for long. <laughs> But yeah, that's, uh, that's some Marvel news here, and uh, I guess our last piece here, which actually kind of dovetails off everything we were talking about with uh, Doom Patrol, but we got our very first look uh, at some behind-the-scenes for the upcoming Swamp Thing show, which is going to be next. Yeah, looks very cool. It's a creepy swamp at night, which means you're halfway there when telling a Swamp Thing story. I, I'm intrigued. The only thing that has me worried is the director, who's Len Wiseman, who directed that awful Total Recall remake. He made all those Underworld films. Yeah, he did. So, pretty, pretty eh 
yeah. you know, director. Resume. But, I mean, too, it's like, hey, Greg Berlanti still technically produces all of these, and he yeah, did that yeah. really terrible Green Lantern movie, and I think he's <laughs> redeemed himself once or twice, so we'll we'll give Len the chance to redeem himself here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in, especially after Doom Patrol, I'm interested to see what all these shows are like. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, those Underworld movies, for as silly and cheesy as they were, and as just a chance it was for, like, the director and his wife to play cosplay dress-up for a little mm-hmm. bit, they had some cool monsters and some cool effects. Yeah, yeah, practical effects, yeah. Very, which I would like to see for a Swamp Thing uh, type show. Also, hey, can, can we get Kevin Garot involved? Because I know they're friends, and, like, Garot writes comics and is a super nerd. So, like, can we get him involved? Hopefully. <laughs> oh, Garot should be Swamp Thing. He should be the voice of Swamp Thing. That'd be pretty cool. Because he's got, like, a deep, booming voice. I think that would be really I great. Wonder, he doesn't have I wonder who... Awesome. I wonder who they'll get. I wonder if they'll get because I know they cast the the guy who's playing Alec Holland. Uh, right. I, I wonder if they'll get him to voice it, or whether they'll get someone else to voice it. I think it would be fun to get someone else to voice it. That way, you really showcase like the Hulk banner thing, where it's like, no, 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 we are two separate entities. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That is if they want to take that, because that's the fun thing about Swamp Thing. Writers all have their own interpretation of how that relationship works. Some people are like, no, they are two diametrically opposed individuals some people are like no holland becomes swamp thing and then some people are like no holland fucking died man swamp thing just thought he was holland but he actually wasn't (laughs) i like the idea of them both being two separate like like holland is in the mind of swamp thing now you know yeah i like that idea kind of like a firestorm situation yeah also too i mean if you want the show to go for a long time you could explore and do all of these if Mm. you wanted yeah you know, it, it, it's kind of sad, too, considering how good these new app shows have been, that Constantine is still on television, even though he's great on Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Man, in a perfect world, they should have launched Constantine in the Swamp Thing show. I think that would have been really fun. Oh, it would have been great. Who's there's? It could happen, you know. You could. It might have to be a different actor, but yeah, it could could happen. I mean, shit, get the guy from the other... Would anyone care if he showed up? Or be like, oh, no. this is breaking continuity, what universe? And it's like, no, it's the thing I like and the other thing I like. Yeah, you could definitely do it. I, I wonder, too, what they're going to go for villains for Swamp Thing. Obviously, you got to get Anton Arcane in there. I wonder if they would start with him or they would start with something lower. I think they might have cast him. Right. Okay. I'm not too... I don't know where... He, he probably won't be a villain to begin with. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not too familiar with Swamp Thing villains. I, again, it's Arcane, and then like that's that's the only one people really know. Again, I mean, you, know, you could pit him against like the the, the like pillars of like the green, the red, and all those sorts of things. That. I was wondering that. I'm like, are they going to go the Snyder New Fifty Two version again, where they talk about the green and the red and everything, or? Are they going to stick to, like, the Moore-type uh, uh, situation for him, where it's like, no, I am a demigod? Yeah, it would be very interesting. Maybe they could do both, really. Yeah, I-, I am an elemental. Ooh, if they can't start Constantine on there, you know who would be great to actually start there? Maybe not in Season 1, but, like, Season 2. Get Buddy Baker the Animal Man in there. Oh, yes, yes, he's perfect. And then you spin Animal Man off into his own show. Shit, you already got one Morrison-inspired thing doing great. Hey, you know he wrote other shit that's really good, too. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that that's it for news, everyone. Uh, not, a, not a bad offering, all things considered. No, no, yeah. 
And uh, with that, we can hop on in over to what we read this week. And it was a fairly large week with some really high points and some very low points. Very low points. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Uh, where where would you like to start, Matt? <laughs> well, I think you know where we want to start. <laughs> Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. Or as I think this issue, issue six, shall forever be known as, get off the couch, you fucking nerds. What have you ever done? <laughs> the most bitter, angry, combative issue of an event I've read in a very oh long time. Oh my god, this is like, this is, this is like, like the, the, the marching orders to this issue was like, remind everyone that Rebirth was bad. Like, we didn't like Rebirth. I didn't like Rebirth. This is Dan Didio talking. I didn't like, I didn't like it, so tell everyone that. And not only that, if you do like Rebirth, uh, then you are Cave Boy. You are living in the past, and the past sucked and isn't as good as you remember. You should be living in the here and now, where Tom King is writing, and you should show him the utmost respect all the time. Yeah, yeah, all his stuff is good, and uh, only his stuff is good. So you should only read his stuff. And if you're complaining, as Arsenal says at the end, what have you ever done with your life? Get off the couch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the end, yeah, they say, like, yeah, saving people doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. People die anyway. What's the point? Well, well that's Tattoo Man who's saying that, who's a villain, so I kind of give him a pass on that. But even still, still <laughs> just just what fucking nihilism right there. So it doesn't matter who you save. If you save someone, someone else will just yeah. die anyway. Yes. So, it's all bullshit it's all stupid so so let's just actually talk about this so we're like with three issues till the end we've got three issues left of this series uh we don't know what's happening still no Uh, who who is the main character who who is the pov of this who are we supposed to root for i i i I don't know who the main character was because the the characters would jump between three characters every fucking page it it can't be Wally because he might be a murderer and he's dead himself. So and he, he might be an character. alternate Wally because he's from the future. Potentially, again, they're they're throwing a lot of stuff here. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that that really messed with me. So Harley Quinn is in this story. We actually follow her a little bit. Turns out she's not actually a patient of Sanctuary, or she was, but she wasn't this time because she was doing the interview segments. That that's what really fucked me up because like the first time we see her she's talking with uh pamela who was dead last issue but isn't here but this issue was after because she talks about superman wonder woman and all that hunting her so she's alive and she was in sanctuary too but she died but then after that it cuts back to the before she died and joe and harley's just like killing jokers as a form of therapy it doesn't make any sense (laughs) Well, you see, Matt, everyone in this story is an an unreliable narrator, which means if you've actually been trying to follow the mystery and look for clues, just you, because it didn't matter, because no one's actually seeing what's there anyway. And I bet you $100 this series will end with Batman or somebody explaining to the audience, and this is what actually happened. Well, see, the thing is, none of this actually, none of this is real. As again, an unreliable narrator, it has to have been... Was it in the first issue where Superman finds Wally and he finds like that thing he's clutching uh, yeah. with Wally? And it has to be that one because Superman found them. He isn't part of any of this sort of stuff. So it has to be right. that. It can't be any of these. So this is all just, you know, wasting time. Like well, we... no, not wasting time. It's it's flipping off the audience is what it is. It's it's we needed extra issues because the Dio and King 
really needed to tell you to jog on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what this issue was. It really is. And to the point where it's like uh, recreating uh, images and moments that people love from DC Rebirth, like Wally coming back and what a beautiful, yeah. sweet moment that was. Only now King like stays on this for like 10 minutes longer and has Flash say the dumbest, most on-the-nose thing. You're back, Wally. The hope is back. Because obviously <laughs> Jeff Johns in interviews had said, you know, the return of Wally West signaled the return of hope to the DC universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johns didn't write that in his story, though, because, you know, he's mastered a little thing called subtlety. Yeah, it was, it was in those pages you could tell, like, hope is back. It doesn't need to yeah. be said. Yeah, but here he says it, and then really, uh, r- r- really twists your nips a little bit there by having Wally go, "But where's my family, Barry? I'm sad now. Are you sad now, Barry? Can we all be sad now?" <laughs> Which tell me the problem with this, Matt? You brought this up on Twitter. Oh yeah, he didn't know about any of this until Flash War. No. No, he did not. Which again, it's like, well, ooh, well, well, maybe King is being artistic. He's making he's making a statement about depression. That he, when you have depression, even your happy moments are colored gray because of that. Like, but it wasn't though. He he was happy then though, and he wasn't depressed then either. Yeah, yeah. He and, and then the thing is, it's like it poises that oh, that might have been a simulation, but then it might not have been. It might have been his actual memory of the of what happened. But yeah. then it might also have been just a, a simulation again. <laughs> what, what the fuck? What you, what you need to know is that all the moments you really enjoyed of Rebirth with Wally coming back, rejoining the Teen Titans, meeting uh, pre-Flashpoint Superman and everything, which were these really like life-affirming, like feel-good, heartwarming yeah. moments for you as a comic fan. What you need to know is he was very sad the whole time. He was really sad, and those moments weren't happy. They were they were sad, and, and your emotions you felt were wrong. <laughs> yeah, you were wrong in thinking they were happy. <laughs> Which again, that is so such bad retconning because a good retcon says no, 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 no. Even if things don't happen exactly as you remember them happening, even if there was a little more here, a little more there. Your emotions were always valid, is the thing. Mm-hmm. What you felt at that time was true. Yeah. Uh, case in point, uh, Venom just recently, which Donny Cates uh, caught a lot of hell with by saying, oh, you know, the sister and uncle that Eddie talked about, they weren't real. Yeah, mm-hmm. they weren't real, but the emotions you felt with those characters were still real. Yeah, he, he didn't go to a point saying, no, they weren't real, and what you felt for them is wrong. You should not yeah. have felt for them. This is what this yeah. book does. <laughs> this is Tom King as a writer literally telling you how you should feel. Yeah. in these situations but also again weirdly being super defensive and angry about dc rebirth and it's like dc you did that you needed to do it after you shit the bed with dcu and no yeah. one liked it you're like well fine we'll just give you back everything you wanted yeah and it was wildly successful and you got great reviews and critical praise and people loved you why are you mad about it now <laughs> it, it's it is so strange. It is absolutely so strange. And again, like, we can meta-read this one to death. Either, you know, Tom King didn't know what he was doing and didn't know what he was saying because he is a strange robot man sometimes who doesn't fully grasp emotions <laughs> or, or or that his words have meaning. That could be one. Or again, this could be Dan DiDio over his shoulder being like, I hate what Johns did. Yeah, as he off as he often does, Dan DiDio. Like, again, this is the guy who's mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, uh, friggin', uh, 
uh, what's it call it? Uh, Countdown to Infinite, Cri uh, Infinite Crisis was 52 done right, and I hate Nightwing because he makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Rick Grayson. He's better. <laughs> yeah, I like Rick Grayson better. No, I don't read the book. Why, why would I do that? <laughs> but again, it just felt so weird and icky, <laughs> and like if I didn't devote so much time to covering this one and reading it and reviewing it and paying for it every week and anything this would have been the one that made me drop it this if i was just a casual fan and didn't do this professionally as a critic and because if people didn't ask me for it if it wasn't one of the big things happening at dc right now this this is i would have tapped out at this one i'd be like all right you don't want me here and i don't want to be here so yeah yeah and and again like every every time an issue comes out he has to come out and explain it and i'm like you're a writer you do this for a living like you shouldn't have to do that like your words on the pages in this book should explain itself i think this will ultimately be the legacy of tom king the really great vision the really great mr miracle and having to explain himself on twitter more than just about any writer working i yeah it, it's mind-boggling absolutely and, and people still defend it oh yeah no doubt Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I don't understand it, so it must be smart. Yeah. Well, I, I did see a really long explanation for it, and I'm like, I like read it all, and it was a really good explanation, and I appreciate that. But then I'm like, oh, so I would have to have experienced all of this to understand mm -hmm. the book. So then I'm one of a very few number of people who would have experienced all of this and then understand it. So that, you know, cuts out all like people who haven't experienced those sorts of things that, that that's the new go-to now it's like well if you've never suffered with mental illness you, you you'll never yeah. truly understand this to which hey you know what uh i rebuff that as someone who has had a lot of mental illness in my own family <clears throat> it doesn't start and end at depression tom king yeah i know you think it does for you but there's a myriad of other things when yeah. it comes to mental illness there's chemical imbalance there's no personality disorders there's you know uh friggin thyroid issues and anything else there but no for tom king because tom king can only write himself because he writes himself and everything mm -hmm. vision was him mr miracle was him batman is kind of him but not really mm -hmm. again he, he can only write for himself and he can only talk about his own depression and he yeah. can only put his own issues on the character which therapeutic i guess but it's like okay tom you, you you've done it every time now yeah every one of your stories is about this you know maybe find something else to write about find you know something that's related to that but is good is it's like again it's like you know it's like seeing a band where it's like oh man i really like that song okay you're only playing that song learn a new song <laughs> yeah you you keep playing it and you're seemingly getting worse at it <laughs> Yeah, you're getting worse at it, which again, I think he's getting worse at it because I think like actual criticism like this is seeping into him, but it's seeping into him in a weird in way. In the wrong way. And so it was yeah. like, no, well, they're wrong. They don't understand it. I'm it's, just going to keep writing it. It's not only that, you know, he thinks we're wrong, the people who criticize him and the people who give him bad reviews and, you know, the people who I'm sure tweet him. It's not only that we're wrong but we're too dumb to get his genius is the thing. So I noticed in the last little bit, both in Batman and in this, he's got into a terrible habit of over-explaining himself now, mm -hmm. where before he never did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. P perfect example, Cave Boy. It's like, oh, you know, I I, 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 I am Cave Boy, speak broken English, even though he didn't when Abnett brought him back, actually, so that's another thing he got wrong. 
but you know, cave boy speak in broken English, but also quote great literary minds. I hated that cliche so much. I hate that cliche so fucking much. Well, it's it's even more than a cliche because he does it, and then cave boy has to tell you that he's quoting Keats and that he's quoting Plato and the great thinkers, and I'm like, oh. Well then, what's the point if you're just going to tell me who he's quoting? Then <laughs> just then, say then, it. Then we, I, we'd understand it if you just said it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we're, we're lowly comic fans, and you think we haven't read any actual books in our life, but we actually have. <laughs> and again, too, Tom King, like two years ago, wouldn't have done this. There's a great example, and probably my one of my favorite Tom King court stories, if not my favorite, it's that uh, one shot annual he did with Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, yeah, that, yeah. And there's a scene in that book that is so genius and so perfect and so, like, you know, artistic and literary, if you know what he's talking about. Uh, you know, it's uh, Batman and Swamp Thing go to confront uh, uh, Headhunter. Mm-hmm. Of all, and I fucking love that it was Headhunter. He's one of my favorite <laughs> D-list bad guys. And Headhunter, you know, he's sitting there, and he's at an art gallery, and he's looking at it, a painting. And if you know that painting and who that belongs to, ah, you know, he's talking about the savagery of nature and how it can quickly change and everything. I'm like, ah, the painting is talking about Swamp Thing, who will savagely change in a moment, and Batman will be totally taken by surprise. I'm like, oh, that's good, and that's smart, and that's clever, and I know what you're doing. Or even uh, in I Am Bane. Uh, when Maxius Zeus, uh, the villain who thinks he's Zeus, is, you know, uh, talking, he, he becomes the Greek choir for that very issue. The Greek villain becomes a Greek choir as Batman works his way through Ark, and I'm like, ah, that's very smart and very clever and very literary. That was back when Tom King felt he didn't have to explain himself. If he were to do those things today, he would stop and explain, this is what this painting means, and this is what a Greek chorus is. Yeah, Batman or, like, like Alfred in Batman's ear would be like, oh, that's this painting. It means this, 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 and this. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's actually gotten, again, he's gotten worse because he thinks comic fans are dumb. Yeah. That he has to stop and explain himself. But, yeah, this... This was not a good issue. This was not a fun issue. <laughs> Can this be over, please? Yeah, and still, the thing is as well, like, it, as I said in my review, it, it's dropped on because Tom King doesn't find them interesting anymore. It, like, all the plot points of, like, who are the, did the robots go rogue? Uh, it, like, the robot helpers, the puddlers, or whatever. The, yeah, who are the puddlers? Yeah, yeah, who are they? Like, who sent Lois the videos? Who is recording stuff in is is it batman is it like some unknown program like all of the stuff that needs to be explained isn't it's got three issues left and i guarantee you it's not or if it is it's going to be like ah, oh, it was this thing we'll, we'll jam it all at the end or maybe bane did it because bane seems to be behind everything yeah I, is I saw one thing and if this ends up happening i'm going to be so fucking mad i someone said like oh, wally's all of Wally's grief, the amount of grief he has, broke the AI systems in in Sanctuary, <laughs> and it turned everything rogue and, and it made everything kill everyone. <laughs> so what you're saying is he was so sad. So so you what you say, no Rebirth killed everything. <laughs> yeah, he was so sad that the robots got sad and that drove them crazy. And they had to kill yeah, everyone. I saw that and I'm like. That's so stupid. I could see that actually happening and it being some like profound moment or something. Well, again, too, in the original story leaks for this, it was said that it was uh, it was reverse flash behind all of this. Now, now which doesn't make like, any fucking sense. No, unless he comes in at the 11th hour. Also, we're so close to the end now. I'm like, maybe it was supposed to be reverse flash at one point. 
and that's why they changed it, and that's why the mystery makes no sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, yeah, this story, I, no, I reckon it's not even that, and I reckon it's something even else, like, like they have to just keep changing, like, people keep guessing it, and going, oh, fuck, we gotta do, no, it'll be this, no, it'll be, what's Maxwell Lord up to, it'll be him, or, it'll, yeah, really. you know, some was, random shit. Was Kite Man. Oh, God, oh, God, this is what he's been building up to, with Kite Man. <laughs> was all this is his great revenge against oh, fuck. Batman, fucking man. <laughs> oh jeez. i would almost respect the yeah. walls it would take to do that i'd be i'm not mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> yeah and i'd be like all right you know tom king you are a king here is your crown of trolldom for making it a tight man <laughs> but yeah that was that was heroes in crisis man as much as I'm not enjoying it, I do enjoy talking about it with Matt, and I do enjoy <laughs> dissecting it. And I'm glad to say, in my own fan base, a lot of people agree that you know, mental illness should have been you know shown a lot more respect, and maybe shouldn't have been oh. the topic for a big like summer blockbuster. Oh, should have actually been shown because ever since that first issue, it's kind of like not there. No. Yeah, and no. and like maybe show like. Like, because we just, like, we we kept hearing about Sanctuary before, and, like, well, people obviously have been through it. Maybe show us those people who have been through it? Yeah, has, has, has this place helped anybody? And I know to say, has it cured anyone? Is, you know, like, a bit of a thing that you don't want to bring into mental illness because it's a daily battle and it never ends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at least show one person that it helped. Yeah. I, I, I really don't understand it. Well, because that's the thing, too. It's like, does Tom King feel that he's been helped with his mental illness and with his depression and everything? Does he feel helped? Because if he doesn't feel helped, he ain't going to write about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of telling a little bit. And I mean, again, which I can only take from his other work, Vision (laughs) and Mr. Miracle, man feels sad, big strong woman make him feel better. Yeah. Is that going to happen at some point in this? Is it where he big barter's gonna come in and make everything better? <laughs> make everyone better. I'd be fine with that. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like big barter. I can accept that. <laughs> she just helps everybody. <laughs> Which again, no, no, not to crap on the man because again, that's soul bearing stuff. That's why Vision was so good. That's why Mister Miracle was so good because this is clearly the dude writing from his heart, and this is something that happened to him, and he clearly loves his wife very much. Mm-hmm. And that's why he keeps writing her into everything. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is good, but, like, where is that in here? Like, where is any of that in this? Or even, like, his Batman book? Again, you know, we joked before, it's like, man, you know, his, like, 12-issue miniseries are great. His Batman, he makes a lot of first-timer mistakes. Well, yeah, obviously, because this is the first longest run he's ever done. Maybe they called him up to Batman too quick, and on top of that... Maybe a guy who's only been writing comics for such a short amount of time who shouldn't have been the guy to write your big event. Well, not only that, like, even, like, the thing where he's like, oh, he, he does well in small events, like, kind of loses that in Heroes in Crisis, because that's the smaller, that's shorter than, like, Mr. Miracle and yeah. all of them. So, really, if he should be doing well on it, if he writes only in small... Yeah, yeah but I, I've noticed, like, Mr. Miracle and all that, they're, like, sort of fringe characters, whereas these, these yeah. events you know batman's a big character he's got like flash and superman and all that in these other books so like maybe that's where he has a fault where he has characters who have like Mm. a long history and like not much wiggle room you could do stuff with you can play fast and loose with vision and mr miracle i'm not going to call you on it because i don't know them near as well 
Uh, I'll call you on Harley for sure. That bit ticked me off as a fan of the Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti run, where it's like, oh, and Harley needs to get over her Joker problems by punching holographic Joker. And I'm like, she punched real Joker in the face and got over her problems in that book. Yeah, yeah, and even even in the um, in that wedding tie-in they had, yes. they they like sort of quelled everything in that. She's been over it for a bit, Tom. Yeah, yeah, a long time. And again, I know over it is maybe putting it too long, but she's in a far better place than you seem to think she is. Yeah, she's gotten out from under his thumb and, and admits it all yeah. the time. Yeah, to which, to which again, some people really argued with me in the comments section where they're like, oh, the Harley Quinn book isn't canon. Yes, it is. I can name several instances where events from the universe crossed over. She's had tie-ins to like mm-hmm. other big events you cannot tell me that it's not canon she's one of the new pillars you cannot tell me her <laughs> book is not canon <laughs> the sillier stuff might not be canon but the character stuff is she mentions being on the suicide squad in that book yeah yeah and no it doesn't really make sense how she can be free from the suicide squad and a member of the suicide squad at the same time but the point is it's, it's canon and it matters <laughs> What well, was another thing someone said that actually kind of ticked me off? They said, uh, oh, well, you know, uh, Tom King wouldn't have written about uh, her growth in her solo book because that's an old book and that's not new reader friendly. And I'm like, oh, and Flash War and DC Universe Rebirth and everything else he does reference in here is new reader friendly? <laughs> it, it really is, especially Flash War. Flash War is not reader friendly. No. No, and neither was DC Universe Rebirth. You needed a lot of stuff that he does make reference to. But no, no, you can't reference that Harley Quinn thing because that was only from a couple years ago, and that's not <laughs> new year, Bradley. The, the pretzels, I tell you, people contort themselves into. Oh, I tell you. And the facts they openly deny. <laughs> but yeah, let, let's get off Heroes in Crisis. There were other books that came out this week. What else would you like yeah. to talk about? Let's, let's talk about the Heroes in Crisis tie-in. Flash yes, issue sixty five. Yes. yes, or as I like to call it, the the big bat breakup. Barry and Bruce buddies no more. The stuff that probably should have been in Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, it really should have. Like their falling out seems like it should have been a big focal point. And hey, this wasn't even written by Tom King, so don't think we're all ganging up on him because you know this this one also had a million problems. Yeah, but again, those million problems stem from the stuff he's written. <laughs> Williamson was told, write Tom King's Batman, and he's like, I will try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's the ending of this Price storyline with Gotham Girl, where we don't learn actually anything about Gotham Girl that we were nope. led to believe we were going to. Uh, nope, she nope, conveniently nope. forgets who is behind everything, even though yep. we all know, as readers, everyone knows it's Bane, except for these heroes. <laughs> it's such a huge anti-climax, because they've been setting up all arc long, oh, how are we going to beat Gotham Girl? It took the entire Justice League to just narrowly defeat Gotham, and we only got you and me, Batman. How are we going to do it? Oh, she killed herself. Yeah, oh, oh, she, oh, she burnt herself out of her powers like they knew that was going to happen just let well, her do it <laughs> we don't have to do anything that's lucky but it's like oh well, are we going to finally figure out did she spend time in sanctuary is the mask important is that the psycho pirate's mask is batman going to mention to barry that he fixed her mind the first time with the psycho pirate mask are we going to hear again that bing was secretly behind everything no because she gets convenient amnesia yeah. we're, we're not even going to learn like where that mask came from like that just kind of nope. gets dropped like last issue it was yep. kind of there and then like it just disappeared like wouldn't it have been cool if we saw like at the end someone pick up that mask and it's like it's bane or someone like it's like ah, i planted this you know 
Uh, Batman also forgives uh, Claire uh, for everything she's done. Yeah, you know, which, even which is really him forgiving himself. Yeah, it's all his fault. Oh yeah, and, and I, I absolutely love that Flash called him on that. Like, this is all your fault. You, you're the one who convinced her to do all of this sort of stuff. Where by by basically infor- encouraging her to be a hero. <laughs> Don't don't worry. When she's better, I'll I'll train her to be a superhero again. Which again, I caught flack for this in my comment section too, where someone said, "Well, she wants to be a hero. She should be allowed to be a hero." And I'm like, "Did you not read this arc where she is a crazy, be a danger to herself and others, see her powers literally kill her when she uses them? She cannot be a hero." <laughs> She was also being manipulated by Bane this whole time, and we didn't know. How many red flags do you need, sir? <laughs> yeah, she should not be a hero at all. Literally, this entire arc is that. And again, th- that's the book when it's at its best, when it's Flash literally calling King's Batman on his bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Batman, like, like throws it back at him by with him forgetting Wally, and, you know, obviously Flash goes absolutely apeshit at that. <laughs> Once again, King's Batman has to be the most unlikable person in any room he's in. He goes for the cheapest, lowest blow imaginable yeah. to the Flash by saying, hey, at least I didn't forget one of my partners. And it's like, dude, everyone forgot. Do you not remember everyone <laughs> forgot? Yeah. You remember this was like this big thing used with like the button, you know, used to like investigating this. Everyone forgot him, you know. Yeah, you, you were there. You're literally blaming him for something that you yourself <laughs> did and everyone else did. And again, people in my comments section, you know, of bat stands, if you want to call them, defending. It's like, oh, well, Barry started it when he said, you know, what about the next time Alfred gets hurt or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, he's, uh, he's, he's yeah. right. He's right. <laughs> Uh, uh, Alfred, like, almost died. It turned out to be a simulation in Detective Comics just recently. <laughs> also, too, he's uh, been hurt by like the Joker. He had his arm cut off by the Joker. He's had like all of this stuff happen to him. Yes, which Batman does nothing to try and fix. Furthermore, no. hey, you know your beloved surrogate son, Dick Grayson. Uh, remember when he got shot in the head? Maybe because the sniper was aiming for you. Maybe because he was aiming for Dick lost his memory and is now running around thinking he's thinking he's another yeah. dude uh where's batman on that yeah well, you haven't done anything about that also hey batman you know your biological son damien is running a cruel and unusual black site prison <laughs> where he's torturing criminals where are you on that yeah you know your your, your very young 10 year old son left earth and is trapped on an alien prison where are you yeah. on that <laughs> yeah, where are you on that batman Again, Batman never gets to have the high ground in these no, situations. No, not at all. Like, like, provably, Barry Allen is a better father figure, uh, surrogate big brother than Batman is. He actively tries to help his friends and uh, yeah. when they need him. Yeah, it's a fight Batman will never win, and I'm sure some people will argue. It's like, well, well doesn't Flash you now kind of endanger the whole universe every time he tries to run back in time and fix a problem? Yeah, but still. But he tries to put it back in in place. When it comes to a person-to-person basis, which again, if, if Batman had thrown that at him, if Batman had said, yeah, but Flashpoint Paradox was your fault, I'd be like, okay, but he didn't do that, did he? He went for the low blow going after the guy who's dead right now, the guy who died in Sanctuary, which was you were supposed to be running and you were supposed to be looking after. Yeah, it's your fault he died. <laughs> Barry is not the bad guy in this situation. No, not at all. And Barry's relationship falls apart, too, as a result of this. Which doesn't make sense to me, considering... Uh, so I've been reading The Flash, and 
like she says in that letter like she can't have that life that price that that like barry is more than happy to pay she can't pay it. i'm like well you weren't saying that you know a couple of issues ago when you were more than happy to join barry on this force quest and actually end up in uh, a place that was full of villains you're like more, you're like ecstatic that that you're going on these adventures and everything you know that was all fine what's dc continuity in 2019 yeah it didn't make any sense to me and they they kind of just gotten back together as well it's weird too because williamson wrote this and he wrote flash yeah yeah it was another writer but it's like dude you you wrote this it kind of feels like like this is this is like another didio thing it's like no flash cannot be happy flash flash yeah break them but they just got back together no break them up break them up which which for those of you keeping a score at home uh Superman and Lois Lane kind of doing a trial separation. Now they're not living in the same place. Batman and Catwoman's wedding broke up. Uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary are assumedly going to war soon, so they're going to be broken up. And uh, Iris and the Flash are broken up. Yeah, so, yeah, this is the plain... The, all the stuff that, like, kind of came back uh, in yeah. Rebirth is is just being undone. Why, geez, feels a lot like the new 52, doesn't it? Who, who's running DC Comics right now? Oh, the same people who were the architects and in charge of the new 52? Shocking. Oh, God. <laughs> Everything that's old is new again. Maybe this is, like, response, because, like, all his all, all, all of Didier's fucking New Age of Heroes book got cancelled, like, just before he took <laughs> over. This is, like, response. Oh. This is, like, response. Like, those books get cancelled, right? Well, oh. you guys can't have anything fun now. This is this is his revenge. You know, is what this is. <laughs> damage was good. God damn it! It was like the whole, but it was better because, yeah, reasons. <laughs> this is his thing where it's like I, I just wanted New Age of Heroes. It's all I wanted, but I couldn't have that, could I? <laughs> Dan DiGio, DC Comics' greatest supervillain. <laughs> oh, is he ever? I'm the editor in chief or president or whatever his title is now. Did they come up with a new title for him and Jim Lee when Jeff John stepped down? I don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I get, that's the problem too. Who's in charge? I don't know. Who's the president? I don't know. Some lady who apparently might be talking about 22 new issues. But yeah, this the price disappointing ending had it had its moments. Mainly the stuff with the Flash helped out by the fact that the Flash writer was writing this. Yeah, but again, as we've said throughout the last couple of issues of this, he, he was stuck by by king's writing and whatever else like like didio made them do and stuff like that yeah it was just no fun to read and again if you were reading this as a tie-in to heroes in crisis because you were looking for some sort of hint or some sort of tidbit sorry there's none here yeah none here whatsoever we we tease a connection but then we do nothing with the connection yeah and they, they then they do something at the end as well where it looks like it's like in the future where batman's finally figured it out the world's greatest detectives figured out someone again they try and keep the allure of like like who is this mysterious person we all know it's bane he's like someone like is is messing with heroes any of them could be infected we need to do research and that's when superman comes in it's like well can we trust the flash yeah yeah and it's like yes yes you can (laughs) you can trust just because you know he hurts your feelings bruce Yeah. Also, you're trusting him in Heroes in Crisis right now to like process a bunch of the uh, what is it clues over who the killer was before Booster Gold stole them. So you were trusting him then. <laughs> God damn it! Everything Heroes in Crisis touches. Yeah, it, it just immediately rots. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a what a bad story. Here's the thing too. 
I know I've been controversial when I said this before. Where it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's the modern day, uh, what is it, a uh, identity crisis? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't even like Identity Crisis when it was new. I thought no. that one was kind of mean spirited as well. Why would you want to do a new version of that? Well, isn't that like one of Didier's favorite stories? I think it is actually. Yeah, I think I think that and Countdown, that whole era was all his idea which hilariously was a time where we were also really mad at dc comics and they were you know ruining stuff that we enjoyed which they would have to start with like a whole new status quo after that this it's just a big push and pull at dc here's five years you'll hate but then we'll get you back with five years you like then we'll take it away and bring it back <laughs> oh god it's the, it's the new coke model is what it is you know? if we get you to not like this enough when we bring back dc classic you'll be all for it yeah there was a there was a good dc book this week though and that was detective Jeez. comics issue 999 boy what a great ending to this story even though we called it i think tomasi because he's a really good writer and really creative he managed to take it to some directions i was not expecting he took it in directions again which is this is what heroes in crisis should have been the, the, yeah like this this is literally like like the groundwork for sanctuary here and this is what maybe this issue should have been this is we, we can use this this technology to help people but of course it isn't because like it's written after the fact and yeah. is better <laughs> it, it is funny though that in one arc tomasi puts batman through pretty much all the same things that king has been doing in his 60 plus run but does it better hey batman's in an illusion world where he has to learn a lesson batman has to solve a mystery and you know stop a shadow killer and everything yeah yeah and and then yeah this issue where he finds out obviously he's in a virtual world or a dream or something and he learns that the that he himself is behind this and the reason it is is to test bruce or make him evolve evolve or die Yes, he, he puts himself into this every year on his birthday, and he's been doing it since year one. In fact, mm -hmm. we get a ton of year one reference and shout outs yeah. here, which blew my mind. Cause I'm like, are you are you guys allowed to say year one anymore? I thought you said for a long time Zero Year was the new origin story. Eh, whatever, I like this. Continuity of DC, what is it? Yeah, whatever. It, it works. It works for the story. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he puts him through this thing to remind himself why he puts on the cowl and like, and and the ramifications of if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's the full Kobayashi Maru Star Trek. I need to experience fear. Put me in an unwinnable scenario so I can try and Batman my way out of it. Not only that, he 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 reveals as well that this is like a therapy to him as well. Like this, yes. this not only tests my skills but also my like mind and like my psychological state and make sure keeps, I, i'm right it keeps me honest it keeps me pure and there's actually a very sad scene there too where to get out of the scenario he has to bury the little batman he has yeah. to bury his childhood next to his parents because that reminds like yes this this is why i fight so there will be no more you know boys watching their uh parents cut down by crime and alleys this this is what i live for this is my mission this is what i do yeah they even show you like the wall of like citizens who died which i feel like i've seen recently as well like was that yeah. in another like batman book or it something did feel familiar did i like yeah. that though you know these these are all the people i couldn't save, but these are all the people i will save and every year violent crimes in gotham go down a little bit and my mission is to bring that number down to zero. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was all really good. And th this, like, wouldn't have this have been perfect? Where he like goes through this and he's like realized like, okay, well, it's working for me. 
it should work for other heroes as well so maybe yeah. i could somehow do this and and give it to other heroes to help with their problems and and we'll call it sanctuary it'll be a sanctuary for you know a good setup i mean i mean it's kind of the opposite of sanctuary it's throwing yourself into the fire it's like a baptism by fire every time but what's cool it about works it, is that it works it, it works it works for batman but i think the point of that is that well batman i'd imagine that the system would change depending on right. like your your uh your your condition and and who's in it what i liked about it is that it's tomasi basically giving his character thesis for batman where it's like yes he is obsessive he is driven he puts the mission before you know everyone else in his life he's crazy enough to put himself in a simulation that could potentially mm -hmm. kill him but he does it for the greater good he's willing to sacrifice everything mm -hmm. he has to you know save other people and also he's not completely blind and in fact the best part about this story is that you know the simulation had an unforeseen side effect and that is you know watching alfred get hurt and watching leslie Tompkins die reminded him just how important they are to him and it lets mm -hmm. him see past his mission for a little bit and he's so happy that his surrogate mother figure is alive and say you know what? i'm going to try and treat you better now because again i evolved going through mm -hmm. this i adapted and i know what's yeah. important you know? And I'm like, oh my god, a Batman who learned a lesson, holy shit. <laughs> Not only that, it, it's, all of that sort of stuff gave, gives him hope and faith and every, everything that, like, like Heroes in Crisis is trying to cut out. And, and, and King's Batman book is trying to get, this is a Batman who is actually happy and not a depressing sack of shit. Yeah, a Batman who's not the worst person in the world, no. who actually does know what's important and does try and fight for those things. Because again, you know, you know, B Batman's not Batman because you know he's trying to fill some sort of role or anything. You know, I'm Batman in hopes that one day I won't have to be anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point of this story, and it's great, yeah. absolutely fantastic, yeah. wonderful from start to finish, so good. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do now, especially with a character like Arkham Knight. He's admittedly probably going to make him even better, or like actually a good character i mean he's basically a blank slate at this point you can't make yeah. a red hood so he might as well make it someone else yeah and he'll make him interesting yeah plus you know we're gonna get all those other stories for detective comics number 1000 yeah. which should be a big important issue yeah so yeah go go tomasi go team tomasi yeah i'm really he's he's bringing what he brought to superman on yeah. batman and it's working and batman needs it and detective oh, comics God, yeah needs it. definitely definitely but yeah, so that was that book. It was pretty hype. Yeah. Did you read Avengers No Road Home? Issue, yeah, issue yes, three? three? Yes, I did. Yeah. It was damn good. Really cool. It is. It's, it's, it, 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 you know, it's funny. You know, I, I would say sometimes that, you know, the MacGuffin hunt, the Easter egg hunt is an overused trope in comics, but here it's used really, really well. Yeah, yeah, really, really well. I, I, I was really worried because, like, one last issue they're like oh the shards are everywhere i'm like oh no we're gonna get that they're gonna hunt and fight and then hunt and then fight fight yeah but it, yeah it's set up really well like like they're not just in in like oh they're in this place we've got to go through like this this gauntlet of things they're in like mm -hmm. like as we find out one of the shards is in the villain nightmare who's like the personification he's like a god of nightmares mm -hmm. Yeah, which, and, what, what a great callback for this Ghost Rider Doctor yeah. Strange villain we haven't seen in forever. Yeah, and, and as we learn out that, like, he's being attacked by Hypnos and his legion of sleepwalking people that he's taken from from Dreamland and, and used. Which is a great image. And, and they can't be affected by Nightmare because they're in a dreamless sleep. And 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 he he's assaulting night, Nightmare's 
own dream which is where the shard is being held so it's it's kind of inceptionist very much so yeah and then we got obviously Rack, uh, rocket raccoon hawkeye and hulk a really interesting team uh yeah well, being... i wouldn't have put it together i like it and what's even interesting is like rocket's like narration of that scene since he's like he's kind of come to the realization the hulk he's working with now isn't the hulk that he knew the hulk he knew was yeah. like a big dumb lumbering brute whereas this hulk is kind of smart and he's yeah. he's realizes that when when he wants something when hulk wants something from nightmare in exchange for them helping him yeah it's it's fun to see hulk kind of become the leader of that situation yeah yeah and really talk down to rocket and hawkeye it's like i'm the only real avenger here i will be fielding this one everyone yeah yeah and he won't do anything for free no to where i'm like oh that's gonna be a fun side story them trying to save nightmares a uh, kingdom from hypnos who they've already set up to be the big strong guy who you know that's headed to a big fight between him and the hulk yeah i'm really looking forward to that and on the other side of that we have uh hercules team who uh, have traveled to omnipotent city which was last seen in infinity wars um, and in jason aaron's thor yes. before that he, he invented it and i love it's getting play here yeah it was a big it's an important place um, a place where all pantheons meet yeah yeah across all realities they meet and talk and war and all sorts of stuff and th that's where they learn that there is another shard there and it's with the librarian and i i do like that like no one knew it was there because it was hidden under his beard <laughs> I thought Which again jason jason aaron a very beardy man himself <laughs> so i like that that that's where it's hidden um but yeah we learned that wanda having lost her sight didn't actually lose her sight she became the eyes of nyx who yeah she can only see the souls which is what what drew them towards omnipotent city that's some creepy ass body horror right there yeah and and we we, we met the other two uh nix's children one who has a fog that can turn uh like corrupt anyone which is really cool and the Deceit other one and trickery are their two names yeah yeah and the other one uh whose daggers basically turn someone mad when they hit them yeah they basically turn them evil uh which is what happens to hercules <laughs> yeah it can't fault his logic though he's like hey avengers didn't save the olympians yeah yeah. i'm an olympian i'm gonna kill the avengers <laughs> yeah they weren't there for when my people needed them <laughs> yes, solid reasoning herc yeah yeah but yeah real fun comics some real deep pulls here i would say the pacing is even better than it was on no surrender i think we've gotten way more yeah. done in three issues than we did in that book yeah it's it's chugging along nicely there, as i said in my review there's not a not a lot of like there's exposition but it's like good exposition where the whole comic isn't them just sitting and then there's this thing over here and we gotta go there and there's actually stuff happening it's hard to believe that comic has like three to four writers on it and that they're all so simpatico yeah it, it, again no surrender was exactly the same you wouldn't even be able to tell me that there was three to four writers if you told me there was a book coming out with three to four writers i'd be like uh oh oh what, what a mess this is gonna be yeah but yeah, it just works really well, and it's just a, just a fun old Avenger story, isn't it? Yeah. Almost makes me feel old, and No Surrender made me feel this way, too. It's like, man, they don't, they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, what, uh, what else do we have this week? Oh, we had Invaders. Invaders was fun. It was. It was very fun. Yeah, continuing on the whole story of Mad King Namor seeing ghosts. Uh, maybe his mind was tampered with by Xavier. We don't know, but Captain America and Bucky and the Human Torch are looking to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I do like that Xavier's... He's kind of being used as a villain. 
Yeah, a little bit where it's like, yeah. what did he do? And is that why Namor A keeps having amnesia, B keeps changing alignment so much, and C is a bad guy now? And it kind of makes me question, like, was that Xavier though, or was that someone pretending to be Xavier just to get close to them? Yeah, I imagine that's probably going to be like the like the cliffhanger reveal. Like it wasn't actually it was Xavier to get close to Namor because he's a mutant, and you know this this really is to Namor's story they're telling such a complicated like three-dimensional version of Namor because it's mm. like you no, know, we saw him lose the one human he was friends with in the previous issue mm. him and cap have a falling out but he's still the bigger man and comes to save captain america when he mm-hmm. needs him yeah yeah and, and then when captain and bucky die big giant finger quotes <laughs> in there and the government's like oh yeah we're just gonna give the costumes to some other people you know why why should they die namor gets all pissed off yeah yeah like no this is this is wrong this is dishonoring their memory <laughs> yeah they they were my friends there will never be another bucky and another steve how could you even think about that kind of thing yeah which is hilarious because in the future there you know him and cap are at each other's throats and cap even says you know hey we've known each other since world war Two. friggin call me steve yeah yeah i i really love how we're, we're like getting all of this and then you, you you compare it to like where it is now where they're basically yeah at each other's throats you know you know neighbors threatening to flood the entire world and all this sort of stuff it's great it's absolutely fantastic it's a great character piece is yeah. what it is and uh, again he talked about namor threatening to drown the world which he can do now because he's stolen hydro powers <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like Morris Bench just shows up for a minute and be like, oh, yeah, hey, we took your power set and gave it to a more interesting character. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you could have made me interesting. I know. I could have been the villain of this one. No, you couldn't have, Hydro-Man. <laughs> come, come on, come on. <laughs> your name is Hydro-Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm Morris Bench. I'm good. <laughs> But yeah, Invader's really solid. They look to be building up quite the mystery here of Namor and this family on the surface who took him in. I'm I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. I think this one did a great job in just two issues building some real deal stakes because it's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know how Namor is going to get out of this one. I think he could either die or stay evil or something here. But yeah, the yeah. stakes are high. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that they've made... They've made Namor a villain, but they've made him, like, a relatable villain. Like, one you can understand, like, I understand, like, why he's doing all of this. It has a reasoning, a logic. A complicated, layered villain. Arguably more complicated here than he was in Avengers, and this story, like, spins right out of that Avengers story. Yeah, yeah. So much to the point they even joke about that, that Cap goes back to Atlantis to talk to him, and he's like, wow, this is really stupid because I already did this in that Avengers issue. (laughs) And even Namor's like, wow, you actually came back. That's really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I told you to get the fuck out. (laughs) But yeah, Invaders is great. Zdarsky's great. Awesome. I like it a lot. I feel a lot of people are sleeping on this one, and they shouldn't because it's really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had uh, Action Comics issue 1008. Ah, I haven't read this one yet. Good issue. It was a good. It was the second part of the this Leviathan Rising storyline, which continued from last issue, uh, which sees the Leviathan entity people. We don't know whether it's the organization or a person, or we don't know yet. Um, But they come going after obviously the secret organizations of the DC universe. This issue, they go after the DEO, uh, which 
it still boggles my mind that this book is so ingrained in continuity yet you look at like bendis's superman book and it's like well we don't give a fuck um because this issue like the deo is still run by mr bones which it was at the end of the last like bunch of supergirl books that uh steve orlando wrote did he pay attention yeah yeah they're like oh supergirl's off world so we need adam strange to like come and join the deo uh which is then attacked by like a creature that we don't actually get to see it. We only see its silhouette, which kind of looks like Doomsday. Um, and it fires like a giant beam or something at the base and just blows it up. Um, all while this is happening, Lois and Clark return to the Daily Planet to write a story about uh, Lois hears something is happening. Like to, uh, uh, Clark's story about uh, Walla and... and uh, Task Force X getting disbanded and blown up again by this mm-hmm. Leviathan. She decides she wants to write a story for the Daily Planet for it. Uh, so her and Clark go back to the Daily Planet, and yes, they're together still. People still, regardless of this, still think they aren't together and are divorced and not working together, even though this issue clearly states they are together and they are working together. <laughs> they're living apart, though, for some reason. Well, it, it's not made clear in this issue, but it seems like they're together. They're, they're still they're still a family. Um, Whatever, I'll take it. This, this, this actually yeah. sounds interesting. I it it is interesting. It, it's it's and it's and as well the dialogue is written really well. Like it's not written like in Superman where it's like written by like someone with terminal brain cancer. Um, this feels like the story Ben just actually wanted to tell. Like, yeah. I have a really good Superman pitch. Well, well you can't do that right away. You got to work up to that. It's in his wheelhouse, which is, you know, investigative, you know, street crime sort of stuff. He's actually playing to his strengths for once. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, Lois and Clark both find Jimmy, and Jimmy obviously knows something is going down because he was there when Cobra Cult got obliterated. Mm. He tries to tell them they kind of believe him that, like, the stories match up with what Clark saw. So they're trying to take care of him. And while this is happening, uh, Waller meets with Sam Lane, who has mm. taken to drinking because of what his daughter has, <laughs> has told him. Uh, would you? The interesting thing is we, we don't, he doesn't like say anything to Waller about it, but he does mention that like, he's kind of turned the fence a little bit where he's like, Ugh. well, maybe these heroes aren't as bad as mm, as i thought of changing. yeah yeah and and they both of them are attacked by um this leviathan thing and <laughs> waller in such a waller move ends up like shooting sam a bunch of times like doesn't like kill him because he's got like his personal shield but like knocks him down so she can escape and let the creature have him <laughs> yeah i i don't have to outrun the creature i just have to outrun yeah, you. yeah i'm like oh that's such a shitty thing but it's such a thing waller would do yeah <laughs> that's her character yeah, and i will i will cut off your nose <laughs> and uh she turns to the only person who can help her clark kent uh who she now knows as superman um ah. i guess probably because she's probably been keeping tabs on superman i imagine also i'm pretty sure she also knows bruce wayne is batman so yeah. that's fine waller. waller just knows everything yeah she turns she turns up at their door and, and wants their help with leviathan so that's we don't know where the story is going from there i do know though that clark and jimmy are going undercover and clark gets an uh, gets like a beard he like super super grows a beard and he gets a name i can't remember what his name is but it's a really like it's like a matches malone type name paul superman (laughs) 
I'm no, not. I'm not, su- I'm not Superman. What are you talking about? I have a beard. <laughs> yeah, and, and big googly glasses. <laughs> hey, didn't Superman have a beard for a little bit? No, maybe. <laughs> that didn't happen in this continuity. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. See, that sounds good. That sounds like something I would. Yeah, that's read. the thing that it just boggles my mind that he'll write like a really great story in this, and yet people like like he he'll do like Superman, and it'll be absolutely bullshit. And like, what the fuck is he writing there? It's the same with like his Young Justice book. That's good. His book Naomi is really good. The second issue of that was oh, really good. It. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I think it is? I think he does well when he's inventing new stuff like Naomi putting his own spin on stuff like in Young Justice or building on stuff that already mm-hmm. exists like in Action Comics. His Superman is bad because he's like, well, I don't like what the status quo is. I need to change the status quo so I can start writing things I do like. Got to get rid of this damn kid. Yeah. Well, I, as well as that, I thought, I think maybe he did that just because like, I need to drum up hype. This is my first mm-hmm. story. Like, And people kept telling him, like, you know, just saying Brian Michael Bendis on Superman, that's like a lot of hype. You don't need to yeah. be doing any of this. Ah, oh, I still want to do it. Yeah, potentially. But yeah, that that sounds good, Matt. I'm happy to read that now. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, this is all going to be spinning into, obviously, Leviathan and, like, the Lois book and the Jimmy book and everything. Yeah, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really interested to see where it's going. It's compelling. Very, very much so. Uh, I guess from Superman, I had Captain America this week. Mm, I haven't read this one yet. This, the, again, did you read the previous issue? I did. I still haven't reviewed it yet, though. Yeah, so again, Captain America is the victim of a massive supervillain governmental conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Alexa Lucan and her forces, I think. Have they given them the name? Are they the power brokers? Are they the, the power, power elite. Power elite. The power elite. So they've, the, they've infected just about every level of the American government mm-hmm. right now. They've gotten pardons for a ton of different supervillains, and they have framed captain america for the murder of general thunderbolt ross who he had been fighting with and who was actually yeah. easy to frame him for the murder for oh yeah yeah totally and captain america's like well i could run i could change my name i could become nomad again i could become the captain i could become any number of things or <laughs> you know what let me actually fight this one face on for a change i know the system is broken i know it's corrupt but let me actually fight these guys from the inside because if <laughs> i do run will just make my friends and family's life hell which i feel a lot of fans didn't understand they thought the captain america was giving up but that's not <laughs> what he was doing even though he spent five pages explaining what that was <laughs> but yeah this this is his first time his like first days in prison and obviously it's pretty hard for him because everyone knows he's captain america <laughs> And uh, what is it there? We actually get to see how uh, Strucker runs this prison, and it's really sadistic. He basically picks one inmate at random every day, and then, like, you know, uh, video conference chats him beating the shit out of the one inmate (laughs) to keep everyone else in line. And he, like, beats the Wrecker half to death, and the idea being, oh, well, the Wrecker's gone toe-to-toe with Thor. If Strucker can beat up the Wrecker, imagine who else he can beat up. Yeah. And, like, Cap's like, well, do I make friends in prison or not? They're all supervillains. And, like, Bulldozer, of all people, again, also of the Wrecking Crew, tries to make friends with Steve. He's like, you know, we're not so different, you and I. You know, I was uh, I was an orphan. You know, I've been in the system my whole life. You know, I've been, you know, a, a, a guest of, you know, the American justice system. Then I went to war, and I watched my buddies die in the Middle East in front of me see we're not so different uh, captain america you and i just have a very different idea of what it is to be american <laughs> 
and I'm like, damn. And Captain America's like, oh, that's that's a sad story, but that that doesn't give you a free pass to be a supervillain. Like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Re remember when uh, you know, an evil you took over the country? Where were you then? Maybe, maybe it's your own damn fault for being so pure and being a modern day Jesus that everyone believes <laughs> you all the time, dick. <laughs> So again, Steve, Steve was very sad. <laughs> Everyone in prison is being very mean to him. Oh, God. But hilariously, again, they mention evil Steve. They mention the Supreme Commander. Mm. Uh, that's who Alexa Lucan goes to see next. Oh, yeah. And she's like, hey, so we just put Captain America in jail. How would you like to come out of jail now, Supreme Commander? We can do that. <laughs> And he's like, fuck yeah, I would. And then you think, oh, God, is he joining their team now? But then, again, they quickly turn around. It's like, no, I'm a Lucan. I hate Hydra. Fuck all of you guys. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> because, again, you know, we want no more tyrants here. We want no more connections to the past. I'm going to do what the heroes should have done, and I'm going to execute you, Supreme Commander. <laughs> and it's great. Like, Selene comes in, and she burns up his face, and he's, like, dying. And with his last words, he's like, hey, Hydra, immortal. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, dick to the bitter end. Ah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, Captain America is cool. I, I, I am digging what he's doing here. Yes, it's slow. Yes, it's very West Wing, but I like it because it's that. Yeah, it's completely different from anything else. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, that was Captain America. Cool. I had uh, I had two issues of the recent Punisher series uh, to catch me up on it. I had issues seven and eight, and oh my god, they're amazing. <laughs> I, I'm behind. I'm waiting till uh, the next one comes out. I'm going to review them all in one big lump sum. But yeah, I, I, I missed all of them, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So Frank's still in the Begalian prison under Zemo's uh, reign. Uh, he meets uh, in issue six. He met a. Uh, a nun named sister mercedes uh in issue seven he learns that that he's had a run-in with that nun before from uh a punisher run from 1987 oh, wow. um yeah and they actually have panels from that punisher run uh where he was in i, th I want to say it was like south america or something just like gunning people down and whatnot um i love when writers do that that they actually use and, art from the old days <laughs> the nun like because Frank has been in this prison and whenever like a guard like accosts him or something he like beats the fuck out of the guard and kills him and he ends up getting Absolutely. beaten as well and, and the nun's like saying like you know you, what you do you, you know your violence creates more violence and it's like you know beating or killing a guard isn't gonna do anything like what what's that gonna achieve and and Frank's like oh, I don't give a fuck kill I, I don't know anything else <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know anything else and um he gets in at the end of issue seven he gets like the nun's about to get beaten up but he decides to take the beating for her uh and he gets beaten so bad that it cracks his skull and his brain starts swelling so he has to undergo surgery because zima wants to keep him alive because while he's okay. alive chameleon's been acting as the punisher in oh. america just like going absolutely crazy on everything just like killing I'm happy the chameleon gets to do things yeah ki killing everyone and anything uh so at the end of that issue like punisher realizes like okay we'll do it the nun's way and we'll we'll do a jailbreak her way uh which is really cool because frank because he had like the, the smashed skull he's now bald and he's got this huge scar across his head um <laughs> And yeah, the the chameleon meanwhile is just going absolutely crazy in front of cameras and everything. Like he's making sure he's being seen as the Punisher. Um, but issue eight is really cool because it's like Frank teaming up with the 
nun and teaching prisoners how to take back the prison by like <laughs> by like we gotta like use you know ammonium nitrate to like blow up parts of the prison and like seal it off so like we can only go this way and attack the guards and he's teaching the anarchist cookbook <laughs> yeah but that's basically all he's he's in the issue he's actually teaching a class <laughs> like literally a class like a shop <laughs> <laughs> it's like I this like is that. what we, we we gotta like pretend to like throw up on this thing so the guards have to call us in to clean there'll be m- more of us than the guards so we can attack them and we're gonna poison that's, their tea and everything and that's clever because he's been in the army frank but he's never had like his own team he's never really had a chance yeah. to be a team leader even though he's arguably cut out for yeah. it and the best thing is he he wants to kind of help all these people because they're like prisoners of zemo they're like in there for Political like prisoners, yeah, yeah like talking out against him and everything so Just sense, yeah. yeah he's more than happy to help them and yeah he ends up like taking over the prison and calling it the punisher's prison nice yeah That's it's funny. so cool <laughs> that's funny that both punisher and captain america are both in prison right now and working up to probably the same thing <laughs> yeah as well uh, they're both like fighting hydra as well yeah like, really yeah, yeah. I, I like to imagine somewhere Black Bolt. I mean, he couldn't say it because he can't talk. He was like, I broke out of prison before. It was cool. <laughs> and it was a space prison with weird aliens. <laughs> yeah, did you see my space? I became friends with Absorbing Man. Did you become <laughs> friends with Absorbing Man? I mean, you might. It looks, it looks like Captain America might become friends with the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> <laughs> we could be friends with Absorbing Man because Absorbing Man dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he got... Well, no, he's only in hell, is the thing. He's not quite (laughs) dead, you know? An evil Lovecraftian devil thing tore its way through his body, but his consciousness is in hell. (laughs) But he's not dead, he's only in hell. Very different in comic books. (laughs) Uh, What else did I have this week that was fun? Uh, Ooh, I had uh, The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 16, the prologue to the Hunted uh, storyline event that they're doing. I haven't read it, but I've I've, I've caught up. I'm caught up nice this this one's all about craven it's an entire issue devoted to craven and what he's been up to in the last little bit awesome does he put the dome over central uh central park yet no actually his actual plan is way more interesting than what it actually sounded like is oh yeah like like that's where all of our minds jumped where it's like ah he's gonna turn new york into a giant game preserve and go hunting nah actually what he does is way more genius what's he do okay so this this issue is like what's beautiful about this is that nick spencer straight up meets a lot of people's complaints off at the past and craven literally says my first death death was the best death anyone could ever ask for talking about craven's last hunt obviously yeah Yeah. one of the best spider-man stories maybe one of the best uh comic book stories ever told and he's like it's really bullshit that you know my kids and my wife and dark magic and everything always conspired to keep me from that awesome death and it's all been downhill ever since then (laughs) And he's like, I, I really got to try and do things differently now, because basically every time I fought Spider-Man, it's failed. I've lost mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's fair. So he's like, you know, I'm going to do I'm going to move to the Savage Lands is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to hunt there all day, every day. And this is going to be my big retirement. And the uh, High Evolutionary is there, actually. And he's been making Animed. And Craven's like, oh, fucking sweet. I get to hunt Anna men. They're animals and men at the same time. This is like double Christmas for me. <laughs> 
and the high evolutionary is like, stop killing my animen, you jerk. I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, you know what I'd really like? A son who's not a failure, like the Grim Hunter. Can you, like, clone me 87 Boba Fett kids? And high evolutionary is like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just, just fuck off. Stop doing it. Here's 87 perfect clones. And his daughter's like, this is bullshit, Dad. I'm leaving. <laughs> so Craven spends years, like, basically building his own pride of his own kids. And in the end, only one son remains because that son kills the 86 other ones. Oh, <laughs> and Craven's like, you think he'd be mad, but it's like, oh, you're my favorite, Pasha. You're the best. <laughs> I, lo I love that you killed all your brothers. <laughs> and the kid's like, you know, fuck you, Dad. I, I, I want the car keys, and I want to control your African <laughs> empire now. And Craven's like, soon enough, son, but first, you know, we need to destroy our most hated enemies, the ones that have befouled our lands. And that ties it back into all the weird cutaways. Yeah, that yeah. We've been okay. And that is Craven's en new enemy number one is, wait for it, trophy hunters. Ah, it makes sense. You would think, but he's like, oh, yeah, well, he hates them because they're stealing his thunder, right? Yeah, actually, is the thing, but he doesn't kill them. He's okay. like, look, you see, look, I know why you hunt. It's the same reason I hunt. You know, we are descendants from killers. You got a small, tiny weekend warrior dick. I get it, man. <laughs> you know? It's all good, but I tell you what, man, leave now, and I got the best hunt ever for you later. So, you know, just wait for it. And he spends all this time and money and resources. And what he has essentially done is he has assembled all the worst, shittiest weekend warrior trophy hunters you can think of. <laughs> Had Black Ant and Taskmaster kidnap all the animal-themed villains, who, mm -hmm. who he does yeah, yeah. Uh, the first batch, the Savage Six. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, of, like, Vulture, Tarantula, yeah, yeah, Snake, yeah. I know. And he's like, look, so we got all these like high-profile uh, high supervillains dressed like animals. We got Arcade's uh, barrier tech. You trophy hunters who are all like, you know, rich a-holes, pillars of your community, you guys are going to pay me for <laughs> the opportunity to hunt these villains all over the world. I'm setting these up in colorful locales like a fucking Street Fighter tournament. Oh, that's awesome. And his son's like, Dad, why are you doing this? I thought you hated the hunters. He's like, I do this means that they are paying me for the right to go and probably die in fights with these villains. <laughs> so I literally get to clean up on this. And the son's like, well, what did the villains do to you? He's like, yeah, the villains always kind of pissed me off. They dressed in the skin of animals. They didn't hunt those animals. They don't respect the spirits, the nature, the totem. So I'm punishing them too at the same time. <laughs> and, the, and the brilliantest part of this plan is that the only one who can stop them is Spider-Man literally none of this has anything to do with spider-man he never targeted him this this one massive plan has nothing to do with spider-man <laughs> and i'm like oh my god this craven plan is genius <laughs> this is so good that's awesome yeah and i'm like i am so super stoked for hunted now <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome yeah, it's, it's a great focus issue. Like, it was a huge task to try and make Craven an interesting, legit villain again, but I think yeah. we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, but fun, fun, fun story. I think you'll like it. They're also doing an interesting thing for the Hunted story is that you get an amazing Spider-Man issue, then you get a Hunted tie-in, then an issue, then a tie-in, then an issue, then a tie-in. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're working it out. I've, I've never seen an event work like that. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, that was Spider-Man. Spider-Man was dope. Awesome. Uh, what else did you have? I think I had like one more. Uh, let's see. What did I have? I had, yeah, I had, I had, I had a couple more, but I can actually condense them down really well into like just one. Uh, 
and that's is I caught up and read all of the recent Star Wars Age of Republic storylines, which is like this Ooh. big, the big new push they're doing, the Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance. Where we, I think we just about finished the Age of Republic one. I think there's one more issue. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, all the issues, they're all like one shots of like Anakin Skywalker, Count Dooku, Darth Maul, Jango Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, I think I talked about the special, which uh, had Jar Jar Binks and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And, but uh, yeah, all the single issues, they were basically all just like one shot, like Clone Wars episodes. Nice. Um, they, yeah, they were all really good. We had like Jango Fett one where Jango Fett is like taking his son along on a hunt and teaching him the value of forging your own path and making your own reputation and legacy and not relying on like a family name. Um, yeah. You know, it was actually really good. Really, they actually did something with these characters that, you know, just stand around and look cool. I, I was going to say, all things he'll end up doing anyway, Mr. Fat of the Fat Line. <laughs> uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi one, one was really cool because it was Obi-Wan and Anakin's first uh, mission together as Master and Apprentice, uh, with uh, Obi-Wan learning that he isn't ready to take. Uh, Anakin on as apprentice like it's been forced on him by Qui-Gon Jinn when he died uh, since he was only a Padawan then uh, and he's just become a Jedi Knight so he's, he's not really too sure whether he's ready uh, and Yoda just imparts and like Anakin needs your belief in him otherwise he's going to fail as a Jedi uh, right. so yeah they just end up going on this really brief mission which I think should have been longer to collect a holocron where Anakin learns that he wasn't ready but then Obi-Wan also re realizes he wasn't ready so they decide to try and figure it all out themselves together and help each other right on. uh the Darth Maul one was actually a sequel to like that really short Darth Maul series we got like two oh, years yeah. ago uh I where, remember that one I actually did read that one. yeah where he killed that uh Padawan uh it it sort of follows on for that where Maul is still trying to find like sate his bloodlust in trying to kill the Jedi, which he can't because, you know, it's at that time pre Phantom Menace where the Sith are in the shadows and everything. So they're supposed to be Phantom Menaces. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't be a Phantom Menace if you start killing people so publicly. So, yeah. So, so he's resorted to like wearing a kind of weird helmet and like killing force users who have like, either been turned away by the jedi or just haven't even been picked up by the jedi because their force powers are so little like their force oh, potential yeah. uh so he ends up killing like this like con man guy who's been working for like the hut cartels uh just because he's got force abilities he's like wonder if this will like sate my bloodlust oh it didn't surprise surprise so um Sidious decides, okay, Maul needs to learn that there's more to being a Sith than killing and being evil and everything. So he takes him to Malachor, uh, oh. the, the planet from uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, yes, and, which we actually saw in the previous yeah. Darth Maul series. Yeah, and he gets gets him to like hallucinate uh, himself being a Jedi and helping <laughs> people and how much that disgusts Maul <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, no, the, these people are a plague. These Jedi are a plague on that galaxy that's like been like bought into their lies and everything. And um, yeah, it was actually like a really great piece, a really great follow-on from that. So I think it might have actually been written by the same woman who wrote that story. So it was really great. Uh, yeah, and that one was really... The Anakin Skywalker one was, again, this one was 
felt more like a Clone Wars episode than the others, where he he there's like a planet that's under like separatist like occupation, but everyone's like kind of suspicious because they're meant to be neutral. So they're like, well, why is there a, a droid foundry on this planet? So Anakin's like, well, we'll go in like with a strike force and like liberate these people. Whereas like the Admiral was like, no, we'll bomb them from the sky and, you know, subjugate them and everything. Anakin being Anakin ends up going off on his own and he learns that the, the foundry is full of slaves that are being put together. And so obviously him being a slave, like he feels for these people and ends up saving them and proving that like hey, this is important to my backstory <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and ends up proving that like the the simplest solution is not always the right solution mm-hmm. you know you could have bombed them from the earth but from the orbit but then the separatists would be right would have been would have killed all these people made the republic look bad and that planet would have gone with the separatists yeah yeah really cool stories i haven't read the pat uh the armadala one yet which came out this last week um right but i've heard it's it's really good it like builds on on her and and uh, anakin's relationship really well i'm so behind on star wars but you make it sound so good they, they're really good i have I, I think i'm like behind one issue on the actual main ongoing but apparently that's going to be ending soon i i've heard i've heard rumors that it might be ending soon which is which is a damn shame because they brought back scar squadron which is that really cool like stormtrooper oh. group that where their leader wields a lightsaber and everything that's okay if they cancel it we'll bring back something else oh yeah there'll be definitely something else to like fill the void we'll we'll get the next thing where it's like all right this happens in between the next set of movies well that's what i thought like that this series was going to build to because like we're just getting to like the edge of like empire strikes back like we're edging up to it so i was thinking are we going to jump over that and go to like between empire and number six that'd be really cool i would be all for that hey yeah. maybe we'll finally get the thing where it's like hey here's luke setting up uh his jedi academy there that'd be really cool l- 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 little babby kylo <laughs> yeah oh he's angry he's angry oh, oh angry little baby kylo oh i think he's got some problems that kid. maybe <laughs> maybe get some space riddling for him <laughs> he's got the space adhd yeah oh oh that little uh babby kylo swearing at people on space Fortnite. <laughs> oh no <laughs> baby kylo is that empire memorabilia i found in your room oh no it's, it's not a phase mom <laughs> i imagine he was one of those kids uh, uh, uh that sounds fun yeah styles has been really good lately yeah. Uh, I guess the last book I read this week, and I'll do it really quick as we uh, come near the end of the show, uh, Shazam, number three. Ooh, yes, I did read it. I haven't reviewed it yet, though. Fun book. Again, it's got this real all-ages kind of young adult flavor to it that mm. I enjoy. Yeah, it's just, yeah, a fun book. It's an adventure book. Like, yeah. You don't get many adventure books anymore. You know, we see uh, Billy and all of his foster siblings, they're still in the fun lands, you know, mm-hmm. guess of King Kid, who, you know, as soon as you saw this kid, he was bad news. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. He, he, he's like Tommy from that Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> A slightly less messed up version. He's like, oh yes, I, I came here as an abused child like you, and I had fun and games and candy for everyone. And never left, because I'm Peter Pan. 
because I'm literally Peter Pan is what, even though we see that he was like from the middle ages and shit, so yeah. he should be way older. Which yeah. Actually, I wonder if that'll be a twist later on because as we find out King uh, Kid, I almost called him King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph, but he's basically <laughs> King Candy too. <laughs> you know, uh, King Kid has like a militant hate of like yeah. adults. Yeah, which is which pays back into the last issue where that kid who just turned eighteen was being like chased out of the town by by like yeah. other kids. <laughs> yeah, that they, they Logans run to him, and the idea is is that King Kid's like, hey, you know these these seven realms that you now see it as part of the Rock of Attorney. They had several guardians, the champions of order, and mm-hmm. I'm a kid and you're a kid, you, you should give me the word Shazam so I can have your powers and then, you know, I will bring fun and games to the entire multiverse. And at first the kids are like, oh, no, he's giving us pizza and root beer floats and everything. He's, he's, he sounds like a good guy. Mary, what do you think? And Mary's like, fuck no, this guy's a little weirdo. <laughs> yeah, come on, I can't be the only one who thinks he's a bit weird. Look, he's on, like, a weird throne of, like, candy. That's weird. <laughs> I, I love Mary Marvel in this thing that she's like, she's the one smart one. She's the yeah. one adult in the room who has to like, you know, uh, balance everyone else's optimism. And in fact, they let that slip where it's like, oh, what do you act so much like adult? Oh, because she's 17. She'll be a legal adult soon. And that sets King Kid off. <laughs> you brought an adult in here? No. <laughs> Kill the my clown minions. Yeah. Oh, they were so cool. <laughs> they were. Man, just what a what a fun book Shazam. Yeah, and I'm just like upset we didn't really get much of the um the rev- the stuff with like that Mister Batson that's happening no, in no. in the house of that like that. What the hell is that? <laughs> they they seem to be spinning a lot of plates. They got that. They got Mister Mind and Doctor Slavana back there and everything. I did have like a random like theory about that. I'm wondering if like. Oh, so, like, Mr. Savannah and Mr. Mind are, like, doing, like, a spell of some type. We don't know mm-hmm. what the spell is. I'm wondering if, like, maybe this is, like, a spell to turn him into, like, Mr. Batson and he's going to pretend wow. to be, like, his dad and try and get the power. Right. Or, or we created a Mr. Batson. Yeah, or yeah. To try and, like, you know, to, to coax Billy out of the house and then we'll, like, hit him with baseball bats. <laughs> yeah, into, into the van, into the shady van. <laughs> They got a big potato sack. We got him. <laughs> Quick, hit him before he can say Shazam. <laughs> oh man, our 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 arch foe is a bunch of small children <laughs> that we still can't beat. Uh, but yeah, no, the series is really great. It's so cool. I don't know what the numbers are on this. I hope lots of people are reading it because I feel like this is the sort of book that Dan DiDio could step down at any moment. Like, hey, this is. This is too happy and hopeful. What's going on over here, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, have, have him go to the Darklands and 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 live there forever. With sadness, I imagine Jeff is like Jeff Johns. He's like barred the door to his office. <laughs> like, I just want to write Shazam. Yeah. Now. Hey, could I see those scripts for Shazam? I just want to just want to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, why do you have a pen, Dan? <laughs> I just, I just want to write Shazam and be happy. I tried to make everyone happy and everything good, and now look. At it. <laughs> I think with the movie coming out, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be pretty good numbers. They're going to at least keep it around for like the movie cycle and everything. Which man, that movie looks good too, doesn't it? It does. It looks like a Superman film. Does it not? I know you said on Twitter where it's like, man, I hope this movie does great, and that sends a message to DC and Warner Brothers, where it's like, look, you have a guy doing all these Superman things. Look how much people like it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And of course, I get called like a, a Richard Donner fanboy because of that. Mm. Yeah, because because I would like good Superman. <laughs> yeah, 
How dare you, man? How dare you want good Superman? What's wrong with you? Yeah, what is wrong? I, I actually want New 52 Superman. Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Uh, also, everyone, in case you wondered, uh, this episode of the Comic Multiverse is brought to you by Crazy Pills. <laughs> everyone we needs them. Like, we all feel like we're taking them sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yes, thank you everyone for watching and listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, again, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else. Uh, usually on Sunday night when we record this, but sometimes a little later, like when my mic screws up. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's part of the course. Matt is the real superstar and saves episodes that, you know, you would have lost otherwise. But, yeah, thank you, everyone, for doing that. Everyone else, you can find it over on uh, the YouTube channel, uh, the one you're probably watching it on right now at 8 a.m. Wednesday, Eastern Standard Time. And then the next following day, Thursday, you can get the audio version on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Yeah. Also, be sure to follow Matt and myself on Twitter so you're always up to speed on what we're doing next. We have Facebook pages, too. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Until next time, I've been Joel. I'm Matt. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>